welcome back to BD Radio. Um, hopefully you enjoyed our last episode on habits and self-sabotage last week. Today we're slightly changing track. I mean, I guess it'll be a little bit less advice in a way and a little bit more our thoughts on some of the things that are happening in our industry in particular. Um, We basically wanted to talk about the fitness industry. So over our journey, we've had a bit of a love-hate relationship, I guess, with what's been put out there, what's been made popular in regards to our space. Um, I think a lot of the times we feel quite defensive of, um, I guess, what we do because of people's perceptions with it. So we're just going to delve into that a little bit deeper today as I welcome my co-host, Danielle. Thanks, Ben. Um, so let's go from the start. So the fitness landscape, um, what, like, what have you and what haven't you liked about it in the past? So we're talking now pre-COVID, I guess. Yeah. So I, what I do like is obviously movement we are a fan of um but moving for health is what we are all about here and that's what i've always loved about it um when i first entered the industry i didn't realize how unhealthy some some types of um movements i guess can be so kind of like why we train um not just the movements like the trainers like you would think that um professionals would be you know like shining examples of what to do what not to do whereas I think once you're on the inside you sort of see the underbelly and I mean like a lot of people know this already but there's some of what's out there in our space is incredibly fake you know the advertising extremely vain um misleading yeah unhealthy Oh, extremely unhealthy. Like if you want to see some eating disorders, just head along to a health and fitness expo. But it's like, um, like the worse you are, the more you're rewarded because often the better you look. So, you know, like if you're really lean, then it's like, oh, he must know what he's talking about or she's an expert. That's great. And it's like, well, like if you just peel back the curtains and, have a look like there's not a whole lot of healthy things happening there so that is something that has frustrated us in the past but yeah, definitely um, especially um mm. for me like yeah the association of lean and being healthy is just incredible yeah like it baffles me and the idea of um successful people in our industry what sometimes a lot of them have in common like they're selling their body they're not rather than their product if that makes sense oh yeah like if we use instagram as an example because it's probably been the um the like main exponent of and it's not instagram's fault but it's the way that you see the content on there it's very visual like some of the best coaches we know have 10 percent the following you know and they're just like really great information excellent stuff like it's not you're not rewarded based on what you know um on that platform in particular you're probably well not probably you're more 
rewarded based on how you look. Um, so that's been a something that we really haven't enjoyed about our own industry over the over the journey, is the um, the heightened importance on how you look compared to what you know and how you can help people. I think. Yeah, definitely. So, like when we opened our business and we sat down and we we're talking about, you know, our vision, like what we want. Um, a few of the things that came up included health. Like it was all around health, health, family, like everyday people. Everyday people feeling comfortable in the gym was a big one. Like we hear so often, like oh, it's intimidating. It's this and it's that. When I think that's because of like, oh, you know, I'm not as um, lean or as strong as the people I see actually doing this stuff, you know, and it's sort of like, oh, well, I don't fit that mold. So I can't go and train there because I'm not, you know, I'm not the right type of population when, I mean, that's just like when we opened our space, we wanted to create a place where everyone would feel comfortable just exercising training having a good time absolutely the amount of people that like come in and say oh like i'm unfit or i've never done anything of like anyone can exercise yeah and then a month after being like i've never trained at a place like this before anyone can exercise and everyone should exercise it's not exercise it's not a beauty contest yeah yeah for sure whereas i think it has been portrayed that way in the past i mean but if you look at the origins of fitness as a mainstream sort of culture, like it all came from Arnold and, you know, like all the bodybuilders. And I mean, that is what that is what that competition is, is how good do you look in your undies? Yeah. So like if that's the origin of, you know, lifting weights and nutrition in the mainstream, then I mean, it's going to probably take a while before it <laughs> it um, goes 180 and comes all the way back to probably where it needs to be. But, um, you know, I think possibly, I don't know if it's just because I don't follow many people like I used to anymore, but I think the market's slowly becoming more educated on that sort of thing. Or if it's, I don't know if it's just as I get a bit older and a bit more mature that the people around me do so they don't get sucked in by certain things but I think that now that I actually say it out loud I definitely think it's more of a maturity thing but um you know the the stuff I used to see selling isn't as much anymore which is a good thing um I think as as the market gets more educated you know and as people start to know what works and what doesn't it's sort of you know, the cream will rise to the top in a way. And um, some of the stuff that we used to see advertised, I guess, um, aren't that popular anymore. Like, you know, like skinny tees and... Um, yeah, that's true. Waist trainers. Yep. You know, I saw someone wearing a waist <laughs> trainer the other day and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, it's just the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. But you can't blame people for not knowing that it's not right if they don't know, you know, but... Yeah, it, it it I think it's more it speaks to more the ethics of the person actually selling it rather than the person actually purchasing it. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. Um but also if the person selling it doesn't know that it 
doesn't work, then they shouldn't be in a position of power anyways, probably because they look good. Yeah. But, you know, obviously Instagram isn't going to start handing out, you know, a certificate of, yep, they know what they're talking about. So, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is, unfo- unfortunately, but it's, um, it's slowly starting to change, which is where we wanted to get to, I guess, now is how the impact of a global pandemic, like what's that's done to the industry? I know. We were like having a conversation the other day and we we're so excited, well, me especially. <laughs> um, I was just saying like so much of the stuff I'm seeing now on Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff is about how we feel rather than how we look. And I think that has been definitely the first time in my lifetime that that has happened. Like I can't remember another time growing up where how you felt was more important than how you looked. I think that especially um, like you can especially see that in marketing. Um, You know, I'm sure everyone can um, relate to seeing those, you know, 28 day transformation challenges and, you know, that ultimate you nine kilos in six weeks and all sorts of stuff like that where it's the marketing's purely aesthetic you know that's how they get people through the door there's the pictures of the fitness models as the photos you know and they've probably got eating disorders and they're on steroids but you know like it is that's just the way our industry markets um and that's just completely changed i haven't seen a single ad like that obviously because gyms are closed but um you know people are still selling their online programs and it's less about that it's more about you know basically brightening up your day with just 20 minutes of intensity yeah really that's the overwhelming message out of our industry um it sort of has because everyone's now on a level playing field in a way where it's you know okay we've got a dumbbell how can we train people it, you know, it, it has allowed a lot of the best coaches that we know to s- sort of really get um, inventive and show why they're really good, you know, and it's, if you don't know that much, it's probably um, highlighted that a little bit as, you know. Yeah, I would agree. The, the like online programs that a lot of people have been doing in the past, especially I think they're targeted mainly at women, mainly at mums. Young girls as well. Um, yeah, so just those. No names. Yeah, the, those those hip programs you do at home. Yeah, basically with, the ones where you're jumping around like you're at a dance party for half an hour. Yeah, I think it's really highlighted um, to a lot of people now that, wow, like what are we paying for? It's and maybe, maybe not an optimal way yeah, to train. Yeah, maybe that's not the best option now that there are a lot of people moving their product online. Yeah, with minimal equipment, you know, whereas a lot of the best coaches used to train out of a gym and now they can't. So it's like, okay, how can I still, you know, deliver for my clientele and my audience? And yeah, everyone's on the same playing field now. And it's like, it's really apparent who knows their stuff and who's a little bit out of their depth. Yeah. And not only um, selling the initial product, but how do you maintain it? So like if we are staying online for an extended period of time, we don't just want to sell our program to somebody. How are we going to guarantee or help them move to the best ability they can? Mm, yeah, the way that, you know, it's not just a PDF, it's a, you know, like 
it's an actual coaching experience yeah so like we haven't we use an interactive app but like what about everybody else what are they using Mm. um yeah a lot of the stuff like a lot of the free stuff you 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 see on instagram like is someone just jumping around in their lounge room hurting themselves and it'll get your heart rate up you know and it'll give you like a sweat but um yeah it's it's never been the best measure of a good session i guess is how tired you are afterwards it's the results that you're actually you know a month on yeah so and not only that month month after month after month oh yeah exactly what we do with our guys that continual progress Mm. yeah and just not you know not taking it too much of a day at a time but extrapolating it out over a period of time and like are you able to achieve your you know your goals and stay healthy in the process and not be hurt really because i think a lot of home programs in the past have been probably guilty of that is just maybe not a whole lot of thoughts gone behind them and it's um uh yeah it's pretty dangerous i think sometimes like it it's similar to if if someone you know hasn't been running for 10 years and they get off the couch and go for a a run every day for a week like they're going to be really sore in specific areas just as they're not conditioned for it like plyometric stuff and we've used that word a couple of times we're talking about explosive exercise so like a jump squat a jumping lunge um pretty much anything where your feet or your body come off the floor really so like a box jump plyometric push-up all that stuff um there's a lot more pressure on your joints like then it it's not just twice the force to do a jump squat than a normal squat like it's significantly more than that so that's more what we speak to um when we talk about home programs and how they've been a bit iffy in the past yeah so for example like our program that we're that we are doing for our gym clientele and then we also have some other Mm. online programs there is no way we'd be doing plyo work every day no way it's just it's insane yeah and it's not the audience's fault that they don't know that it's just that now that i mean uh, now that everyone's moved into that space there's that education that comes with it as well and it's like oh Maybe I'm not really taking care of myself in the best way possible here. But it's the same as anything. So when we talk about training, like too much of the one thing is not good. Um, But I guess everyone wants to belong to sort of like that, you know, that squad and that group of like, oh, I'm a, a runner or, yep, I do strength training when we know what's worked best with our clients and the people that we've trained in the past is just a little bit of everything's just perfect balance exactly right same as everything yeah just understanding that stimulus i think um and a big part of what we do is educate our guys so they understand so like i'd like to think that when our guys are scrolling through instagram like they have an idea of oh that looks sometimes good. they send us stuff and they're yeah. like have a look at this like, or mm. look at those bad squats look at those bad push-ups it's like oh wow at britney spears has some, <laughs> some of the best like, workouts i've seen that's amazing like to be able to educate them and then moving forward yeah i mean they now know a really optimal way to train for the rest of their lives yeah yeah that's sustainable. Long beyond and, us, which yeah, is good. That's beautiful. Mm. So, mm. as a result of um, you know 
COVID-19 and I guess the closing and changing of the the way health is viewed is something that is, I mean, not just every health professional now on the same page in regards to what we can do, what we can't and what we have access to to help our clients. It's more how prospective clients now view health and fitness as well as something that goes beyond just how you look as to oh actually you know when shit hits the fan it's like well you know no matter how much I work I can't buy my health you know I can't take it for granted um so I think a lot of a lot of people are realizing that now um possibly more from a mental health perspective as much as physical health at the moment is how integral physical activity is as a part of their daily routine you know we've been saying often we've never seen so many people out walking the dog riding bikes like we're in the gym today the amount of people so we're in like an industrial area so it's not really a place where people like walk around the amount of people (laughs) the amount of people i've seen ride past run past you know, on scooters. On a public holiday yeah. today as well. It's not like they're commuting. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so the shift has been quite positive and I think, yeah, very educational. Oh, absolutely. I think it helps the masses. Like I think a lot of our guys understood that anyway just because of the messages that we kind of press upon them and encourage them to, you know, really take into their lives but i think it will really shift the way health and fitness is marketed to the masses moving forward though i'm a hundred percent certain once gyms open that there'll be a like you know get shredded after the the covid buddy quarantine five kgs you know the the, it's bound to happen. It will be interesting. Drop um, the quarantine 15 or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, when we, when we come out of this, um, it will be so interesting, especially seeing what the big gyms do. Oh, they'll just be trying to get people through the doors again. Yeah, back to the same big numbers, you think? Oh, 100%. Because, you know, it's like those the chain places. It's just they pretty much bank on the fact that no one will be there all at the one time. I understand that, but I think now at the moment, like a structure like ours obviously complements everything that's happened. So like having small classes being capped. I don't think the big gyms will be able to go back to what they used to do. Like I think there'll be restrictions. Maybe not until a vaccine is out. Yeah, for a long time. Like they might be looking at capping. Well, then they'd have to change their whole model because they'd be screwed. Yeah, they would There's no way they'd be able to go back to what they're doing. They're going to have these long leases on these massive spaces and not be able to use them. Yeah. There's no way they'd be able to make enough to then, you know. Yeah, it will be so interesting. So space. whether they um, continue to sell their products kind of in an at-home space because they can only limit their in-gym to so many members. Mm. But... Um, I don't know. It it yeah. I reckon. I don't think gyms will be um, last to open just because of the pressure of lots of business. Because on the government will be um, 
pressing them to open, you know, because lots of these chain places are owned by huge corporations that it'll be, you know, and they've obviously millions and millions of dollars. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but hopefully moving forward, the, um, the the gym space i guess will be a lot more holistically viewed rather than just oh this is a place i go if i need to lose weight because that's something that has annoyed us in the past like we understand that's the market but um you know and we market that way ourselves you know just to like we sort of have the idea of if we can get people through the door then we can you know shape them in a way that we like to view health and fitness and educate them on you know, yeah. the value of that way that, for themselves. Yeah, that's something I think we struggled with initially oh, yeah. was we felt like we were compromising our values in our marketing. And obviously, we've learnt a lot along the way. <laughs> well, initially, we weren't compromising our values, but our marketing was not working because that's what we were up against and that's what the market wanted you know we'd be like come into bd have a good time and you'll feel better about yourself and enjoy exercise for the first (laughs) time ever i mean like and well like whilst that looks great to our clients now like it wouldn't have when they initially joined you know it was a oh um saw a picture of myself at a party and i was just like you know i gained a few and that is undoubtedly the number one thing that drives people through the door yeah is the way they feel about themselves but you know after a month or two they all say that i'm not too worried about it anymore yeah that is so true the shift oh massive is incredible but i think the whole reason of this podcast is that we now sort of see that shift on a really big scale yeah without having to tell people do you know the one thing I love hearing every day? So we don't normally have the television on in our house, um, but we've been listening to the news probably for the last month or so, staying, yeah. staying up to date. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when the Victorian government message comes on and the reasons you're allowed to travel and all that kind of stuff, every single day we're hearing that it is essential to exercise. Outdoors essential to exercise yeah how many how much of the population have ever thought that it was essential to exercise well in our conversations with prospective clients when we get a bit of an idea of their lifestyle zero like it's it's not essential the people that like if you look at the stats the people that go to the gym were a minority oh massive massive minority yeah so and especially the people who strength train yeah. Rather than who just run on a treadmill, which for the life of me, if you have a gym membership and you go just to the gym to run on the treadmill, give yourself an uppercut and don't do that anymore. Like <laughs> you should, please. I mean, it'd want to be a good reason, but you should not pay to do that anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely rethink that. I've never understood it. Yeah, I don't actually like running on treadmills. No, it's but way it's easier. Bit, it's a bit disorientating. I find I, it. I honestly think people run on treadmills because it's easier. Do you think? Hundred percent. Well, they 100%. like people looking at them in the gym. 
No, they don't like people looking at them outside. Okay. But they think it's okay to do it in the gym. But that's another weird thing that, you know, people had who's like, I don't want people to look at me like they're, you know, bloody Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie out there on the weights. Like, most people in the gym, and I've been strong on this my whole time (laughs) I've ever trained in the gym, they're too obsessed with themselves to worry about anyone else, which is probably comes all the way back to what we were talking to at the start about, you know, I guess how people are obsessed with um, aesthetics, but it's just, yeah, it's tough. But I think like that probably shifted maybe early 2010s, like 11, 12. And I think it you can pretty much put it down to how massive CrossFit got. And there were these weird spaces. It was like a warehouse, no mirrors, and it was just come in, smash it out. Like there was... It was so different to what was currently out in the industry that it completely changed mm. the way that lots of people viewed exercise. Yeah, but we were in that type of industry. Like, I think even if you a walk ver- down the street a today... Of, a version of. Yeah, but I'm saying even if, like, a lot of people that walk into the gym yeah. and say, oh, like, what's your background or what's Ben's background? And I say CrossFit. There are still people that would say to me, what is CrossFit? Yeah, that's true, but that's because we have, like, we have tried to take the best parts of that and bring it to a more, well, mainstream audience. Like, um, I think CrossFit sort of um, went all the way in and now is purely marketed at hardcores a little bit. Yeah. Just because of the messaging that they put out. I mean, you know, this is probably a podcast in and of itself, but, um, but yeah, they, you know, by making it a sport rather than just a general program for everyone, they sort of pigeonhole themselves into um, if you're not an athlete or you know if you don't have any interest in competing, then it's not for you. Go so, hard or go home. Yeah, that's right. But at, at least initially, it was a way of just you can train really hard for 20 minutes and that's all you need. Yeah. And it was revolutionary in that aspect. Yeah. Um, so predictions for when we finally come out of this mess um where do you think the fitness industry will be and what do you think will happen in the short term future i guess with coaching um with coaches and how coaching will be um delivered as well as the market and what people will perceive as valuable i think a lot of people will stay online coaches yep yeah i think a lot of people um won't go back into a space yeah you might be right i think look for us personally it's been a great learning curve for us as coaches like we're just training in a completely different way coaching in a completely different way i think it depends on their clients like i think if you train some more, like if you were a one-on-one trainer and you train some more like advanced clients, then I think you'd probably stay online because you can, you know, deliver their program and trust that they know how to do it perfectly. Yep. And they'll be able to carry out the program anywhere. But I think um, it depends on your market. Like we train a lot of newbies to yep. strength training. So... We will always be They're looking for that yeah, yeah. interaction. They want that coaching. Yep. They want that in-person experience. So that'll 
definitely be our go, but without question, the online training um, you know, market is, will be huge because a lot I think of people... it's going are, to be strong, yeah, for a yeah, long time. For a long time. Because I think a lot of people will be scared as well, like coming out of this. They're taking out a lease and all these overheads. Well, not, not from a business perspective. I'm talking about from a client's perspective. Oh, as as like training is, in a is, closed space? Yeah, is the gym clean? Like... I think that will hygiene is going to scare a lot of people for a long time. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I I think because my natural sort of feelings towards it are pretty relaxed, so yeah, that wouldn't be what my thoughts are. But I can imagine. I mean, I know some of our clients who were concerned about it before we got closed. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is going to be a very big shift, and it would. It's going to be very interesting how um, it does come back in, like if it's in stages as well. Yeah, so, 100%, 100% you know, it will we'll be. We'll be able to train people one-on-one um, for a certain period of time. And Yeah, I don't think even they know yet. But um, hopefully, I mean, I was saying to you the other day, I think it's a bit um, unlucky and gives you a bit of an idea of how the government view gyms is that we were lumped in with like restaurants and cafes like straight away as some of the first things to have to close even though we're in a big space in small groups but having someone all over your head getting a haircut makes it okay so if getting a haircut's more valuable to the government than exercising in a gym then it might be a while before we have to open yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. However, it would be very hard to for everyone to plead their case, I guess, because like, if you look at the gyms around us, there's not many that are sitting at our numbers. Like, majority are large classes. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, like, crammed into yeah. a smaller space. Yeah, so I guess we're lucky that we're more of a personal training studio than a, you know, chain gym with large classes for sure but um who knows maybe they're working on ways you know like maybe there's going to be a little bit more of a plan in regards to the opening compared to the closing like you know they have time now to maybe create some more guidelines on what's acceptable and what's not and maybe just educate a few people about what's going to be okay and take out a lot of the guesswork and a lot of the gray area because yep. i mean obviously it's a pretty hard job but um yeah it was probably a little bit too black and white when there probably is a bit more gray in in, in um industries like ours but you know it's i guess we're all just gonna have to wait and see and hopefully we only ever have to do this stuff once yeah well I, yeah if we can take away the positive of feeling feeling good rather than looking good when we can trade like we usually would trade Mm. like i think that would be just the biggest yay for our industry yeah and it's only taken a pandemic to sort of shift the views of the market yeah but um yeah i guess in the long run it'll be a positive yeah definitely yes from years to come if what people take out of this is that you know health is something that can be um taken away from you pretty quickly that it's um it's important to 
prioritize it efficiently as as much as you can and yeah. you know just have it on in the back burner in your normal um lifestyle like it really doesn't take that much to make a difference and you know that's probably an episode that we could possibly do later on on the road of i guess how much do you actually need to train how much do you actually need to change the way you eat to see results, results. but it really isn't that much yeah i think i think as well uh, it's helped a lot of people um with their confidence oh massively like they've had to go out there and do it themselves yeah for sure for sure so that is one um step in the right direction that's something you know we hear a lot is why people come to us initially is they don't feel they don't feel comfortable to do anything yeah so they do nothing instead yep that comes back to our last episode of self-sabotage like everyone can go out for a walk yet people don't they they feel lost um and that's why Mm. yeah they come to us in the first place where whereas yeah now people are being told you know exercise is essential get out there um and people are doing something and something is better than nothing oh absolutely absolutely and once you're doing something it's easier to make um, something then become, you know, a little bit more optimal than just nothing because nothing helps no one. Yeah, that first step's always the hardest. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, my prediction long-term for the fitness industry, I, I guess, is going to be a lot more um, holistic marketing rather than just that aesthetic, you know, transform the way you feel rock hard abs blah 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 it'll be a lot more you know remember when <laughs> this happened yeah stay and fit yeah, stay well yeah and you know this was taken away and exercise became so important mentally to help but people get through a tough time like it's important that you continue that so yeah i i really hope that um in the years to come you know us being fitness professionals we can look at this and say yeah that was when the market's view towards defining changed yeah Yeah. massively all right thank you very much for listening in on our little chat on the fitness industry um we hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we're enjoying recording them um looking forward to bringing many more through yeah, we didn't even fight today. Nah, that's because... <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry, guys. This one probably wasn't that interesting. No bickering. <laughs> I guess it's probably because we agreed. That's true. We'll bring up a controversial a topic next time. We'll talk about calories or something like that. Yeah, yeah. As always, guys, um, just let us know if you want us to talk about anything. In particular. All right. Have a good week. Bye, guys.